your Bibles, please, to the book of Acts, the 27th chapter. Acts chapter 27 in your Schofield Bible, page 1187. We'll be reading the last six verses, beginning with verse 39 and concluding with verse 34. Page 1187. While you're finding that, we have this additional announcement. Pray for Joan Venander and family and the loss of her father, Roland Powell, who passed away Friday. The viewing is today from 2 to 6 p.m. at the McKenzie Funeral Home, 15618 South Cicero Avenue in Oak Forest, Illinois. The funeral is on Monday at 11 a.m. at the funeral home. Let's stand, please, for the reading of the Word of God. We'll read these verses responsibly, beginning with verse 39 of chapter 27. When it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore, into the which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea, and loosed the rudder bands, and hoised up the mainsail to the wind, and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast, and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, and so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. And let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank Thee. We've been reminded so often lately about the greatness of this church. Thank you for those loyal ones who stood a while ago. And thank you for our preacher. Thank you for this great congregation today. Thank you for our guests. Now, all of this means that there are many needs represented, and we trust you to meet these needs through the presence of thy spirit, through the preaching of thy word, grant thy help. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I don't like a lot of fanfare. I don't like standing ovations, and I don't like a lot of public attention. But I remember my 25th anniversary here. Some of the people said, well, the house, <clears throat> let's have a... Let's have a big deal. Make a big thing about your 25th anniversary. I said, no, I don't want that. Let's just let God have all the attention, and I don't want that. And they said, but this is your 25th anniversary. Uh, let us do something, give you something special. I said, no. After a few weeks, I thought about it, and I changed my mind. I came to you, and I asked you to give me something for my 25th anniversary. Something I'd rather have than any gift that you could bestow upon me other than your loyalty which you've given me so 
beautifully for 32 years. I said, I've changed my mind. There's something I'd like for you to give me on my 25th anniversary. Those who were here listened intently because I'd never asked for anything in all these years. I said, I'd like you to give me on our 25th anniversary as your pastor your undivided attention every time I walk to this pulpit. And that's what I want more than I want anything in the world. I want to help you. But I can't help you unless you listen to me. And I beg this morning for you to give me your undivided attention. You need not turn to it again. I want to read one little line that was read a while ago. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. I want to speak this morning on the subject, some on broken pieces, some on broken pieces. Our Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that because we've come to church today, our lives will never be the same. I pray this morning for every person in this building, make me profound enough to challenge the most intellectual, and make me simple enough to be understood for the smallest child. Speak to our hearts today, sweetly, powerfully, in Jesus' name, amen. Please listen as I lay the foundation. Paul and 276 others were on board a ship. Suddenly, the ship was in a storm. Because of that storm, the ship crashed near the shore. Those that could swim got to land. And those, the rest, the Bible says, got safely to the shore. They could not swim. They could not make it on their own. It says, some on boards and some on broken pieces. Now, let's take the little broken piece of that ship this morning. It once was a part of a beautiful operating vessel of the sea. Now, it's just a little broken piece floating out on the water. Can I do anything again? would say that little broken piece of the ship. Nothing I could do. I once was a part of a beautiful ship, but now the shipwreck has come. I'm just a little broken piece of the ship. And all of a sudden, somebody that can't swim, who's about to drown, sees that broken piece of the ship and grabs a hold of that broken piece of the ship that's floating there and holds his head just above the edge of the broken piece of the ship. And that broken piece of the ship is used to save his life and guide him to the shore. The two things. I've given my life for in these 32 years. Number one, I've given my life to see to it that you young people, your young people don't have shipwreck. You may find fault with my ministry. In some areas, 
But there are two or three areas you won't be able to find fault in. One is the number of hours I've put in. And one is the effort that I've given to see to it that our young people do not have shipwreck. This is what our schools are all about. Tomorrow, we open the doors for the 22nd year of Hammond Baptist High School and the 21st year of Hammond Baptist Grade School and the 22nd year of Hammond Baptist Junior High School. Tomorrow, we open the doors. Teachers, I called you to give yourself to see to it that our young people avoid lives that are shipwrecked. I call to you administrators to give your lives this year. And those of you that need the special activities and those that coach the athletic teams, I call you this year to give yourself and give your all to help our young people avoid the tragedy of shipwreck. Yes, we'll save every broken piece we can, but the ship will never be the same. Young people, you look, see these folks come down the aisle who come to get right with God, and their lives are salvaged, and we may even give them a round of applause and thank God for what they've come. But I want to tell you something, when the service is over, it'll never be the same as it was. When the ship is once crashed on the shore, it'll never be the same as it was. Oh, yes, God can use the broken pieces, and I'll come to that after a while. But right now, I want you not to find refuge in the fact that you can be a broken piece if you have a shipwrecked life. I want you to know you'll never have but one best chance in your life to be all that God wants you to be. Thirty-two years ago, today, yesterday, as far as Sundays are concerned, today, I preached my last sermon as pastor of the Miller Road Baptist Church of Garland, Texas. I did not sleep a wink the night before. We had moved out into a little motel there in the area because our furniture was on its way. We had already sold our house. And our little family of five spent the last night in the motel there in Garland. But I didn't go to bed. I got in my car and drove around all night long. I drove to every house that I could think of of a church member that I'd pastored. And sat out in front of their houses and prayed for them. And then we had the service I was supposed to come back and preach on Sunday night. I could not go back. Folks came back to tell us goodbye on Sunday night. We were gone. We left after the morning service. We had a meal with one of the families and left after the morning service and started for Hammond, Indiana. With a little seven-year-old girl, a little five-year-old boy, a little girl who's one, Linda, who's visiting today, and Mrs. Howes expecting Cindy. We, when we walked here, came here, this man right here was a teenager. This lady right here was a teenager. This gal right here in the middle of the alto section was a teenager. This boy right here was a five-year-old boy in this church. And now, all these years, here, here's the chairman of the deacon board was a teenager when I came. Brother um, Duff over here, second vice chairman of the, of the deacon board now, 
was a teenager when I came. And others, thank God they're all still sailing smoothly. Thank God they've never known a life of shipwreck. This morning I could point all over this building. I've done little in the service, but look out in the building and see the people who are adults sitting out there with your families this morning who were kids when I came and have grown up in this church. Thank God for those ships that still sail smoothly. have never known the shipwreck. That's what I'm here for. My job is to wave my hands in the air and say, don't do it, kids. Don't do it. Don't do it. The devil's a liar. Don't, leave. don't believe him. The world's a liar. Don't believe him. I wish I could do, you do one thing for me, not for me, one thing for yourself. If you would listen to everything I preach and practice everything preached from this pulpit, I guarantee you, I haven't got a few things, but I'm trying to, a few little hobbies. I'm trying to get you to quit this because I don't like it. I've been preaching for 40, almost 44 years. I've been pastoring for 40, over 43 of those years. I know what makes happy people. I know what makes sad people. I know what wrecks lives. I know what gives happiness. I know what gives joy. And I said this morning, listen to me. Listen. Don't be a shipwreck. Don't be a shipwreck. There are others whose lives have been shipwrecked. The second job that I've done for these 32 years, I've stood behind this pulpit and I've begged you first not to waste your life. And then when you wasted your life, I've stood at the front door of my office saying, come on in. Let's pick up the broken piece. Some on broken pieces. Some on broken pieces. So I stood here and said, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't listen to the devil. But once you have, my office is, is available. You know it's been available. Jim Benjard made the statement the other day while he was preaching to me. He said, that man, he pointed to me, he said, that man, he said, that man does more pastoring than any pastor that's ever lived in the history of the world. He said that man spends more time trying to help his people, counseling his people, than any man that's ever lived in the history of the world. I don't know if that's true or not. I know one thing. I've given my life to saying, don't do it. And, and, and nobody, and, and people, they hear me preaching, I, I make sin sound so black. I make the devil sound so sorry. And when somebody has a shipwreck, they're afraid to come to my office, and they all often say, I'm amazed, Brother House. I thought you'd be mad at you. Mad at you? Of course I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the devil. That's who I'm mad at. I want to say this morning, you're just a broken... If you're, if you're a ship, have not yet been wrecked, keep on sailing. Keep on sailing. But you say, Brother Howes, it's too late for me. I didn't listen to you. I'm a shipwreck this morning. I'm just a broken piece. Let Brother Hiles say to you, the second part of my ministry has been helping the broken pieces. God can still use a broken piece. Can you see that ship sailing on the sea? Can you see the Mediterranean waters as they pass through those waters? Can you see that beautiful, and the Mediterranean Sea is one of the most beautiful bodies of water in the whole world. And as that ship uh, finds its way through the waters of the Mediterranean Sea, 276 people on board, all of them saved. All of them fine, and that ship can smile and say, I'm carrying 276 people, and, uh, and, and, and I'm transporting them from one place to another, and I'm keeping them safe from the waters and the angry 
uh, uh, things in the waters. I'm keeping them safe. And all of a sudden, the ship sees itself broken in many pieces. And one little piece of the ship over here says, I'm not worth anything. Oh, yes it is. Somebody going under for the third time looks and sees that broken piece and says, maybe there's hope. He grabs hope. Hold that broken piece. Finds his way safely to the shore. I think this morning of broken pieces, I hesitate to call their names. Not only call names that you know about already. I'll not bring out any, thing, any skeletons out of the closet. I think of Mel Shraven this morning. I couldn't tell you how proud I am of that man. I said goodbye to him when he went to penitentiary. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm preaching to you, fellas. That, by the way, that's where you end up broken pieces. You don't listen to what a preacher says. I saw that man, said goodbye to him when he went to penitentiary. I prayed with him during his court case. I practically fathered his little wife while he was gone for a year. By the way, I'm proud of her. What a loyal, faithful woman she was. Mel came back. Not the ship that he once was and could have been. Not the ship that he was as a young man looking forward to a life, perhaps even in full-time service for God. But he came back a broken piece. He's not going to be the preacher he could have been, but he's one of the best bus captains you ever saw in your life. And there are a lot of little boys and girls have found their way to the shore on the broken piece called Mel's Raven. A lot of adults have found their way to the shore. And they say this morning, uh, if, you, if you're a ship intact, you've never been shipwrecked, then let Jesus have your life and bring everybody to shore you can. But if you've been shipwrecked, all yours are broken piece, then let God have the broken piece. Morning of Todd Moffat, and I cannot preach this sermon without mentioning Todd Moffat. Grew up in our schools, our church, went to our schools, and then wrecked his life. Got in a motorcycle, covered the whole country. In sin. He told me himself, he said, Preacher, I doubt if there's one single sin a man can commit that I've not committed. And by the way, he came to the end of his rope, as people always do when they go into sin. I mean, the journey of sin is fun, but the destination is wretched and miserable. Todd Moffat was sitting in a bar. He told me this himself. St. Louis, Missouri, at midnight, he'd, he'd gone to the bottom. He had nothing left but horrible memories and a wretched present and a horrible future. He put his head on that bar late at night, and he said, I wonder if anybody in the whole world loves me. One of the greatest compliments of my life is when he said, I saw Brother Hiles' face. He said, Brother Hiles loves me. I know he does. And he was right. Todd got on his, on his uh, motorcycle, came back to Hammond. I hadn't seen him in several years. Still a young man. I hadn't seen him in several years. I walked out of my office one night after counseling a lot of people. Had my coat over my shoulder. And there was the most wretched man I guess I'd ever seen in my life. Looked like Cousin It on the Adams family years ago. And he said, Brother Hiles, 
I said, sir, may I help you, please? He said to the house, you don't know me, do you? And I said, no, I don't know you. Hair down to his shoulders and hair all over his face. And, and uh, the clothes looked like they hadn't been cleaned for years. And he said, I'm Todd Moffitt. And I said, you come here, Todd. And I hugged that boy. He said, Brother Hiles, I was in, at the bottom of the rope last, last night, St. Louis, Missouri. And I wondered if anybody loved me, and I thought about you. He said, Brother Hiles, I came to the office tonight, and here's what he said. I knew you'd be here. I knew you'd be here. I knew where you'd be at night. You'd be down at the church trying to help somebody. Todd got right with God. I bought him a suit. Shoes, tie, shirt. Bought him a helmet for his motorcycle. He was more proud of that than he was his pants. I tell you for sure. And uh, bought him a helmet for his motorcycle. Todd sat right there where you're sitting this morning, Miss Scott. Just for a few weeks. We hired him. We were the custodians here. Every afternoon at a certain time, I met with him in the office. And I prayed, uh, in, in the waiting room, and I prayed for him. and read the Bible to him. Todd became a soul winner. He won one soul to Jesus. One soul to Jesus after he got right. A broken piece of the ship. I remember when the ship was sailing at Hammond Baptist Schools. I remember when the ship was sailing here in this auditorium. But now it's been cast against the rocks of evil and against the shores of wickedness and all but a little, all destroyed but one piece of the ship. God couldn't face the people that criticized him. Took a gun, pointed it to his head, and killed his life. Several days later, there was a little article in the classified ads saying thanks to Brother Jack Hiles and Todd Moffat for being a real friend. Now Todd came back after the shipwreck. Just a piece of the ship. <laughs> but he got one to shore. You what I said? He got one to shore. He got one who will not spend eternity burning in hell forever and ever and ever. He got one that will never see the devil and his angels in hell and be there away from God and good and right and family and loved ones. He got one out of hell. He got one who ten million years from right now will be singing the glories of God in the heavenly city. He got one. Just a broken piece of the ship. No telling what Todd could have been. Todd, he was your cousin, wasn't he, Roy? No telling what he could have been. He could have been a royal Moffat. He could have sailed his ship magnificently on the seas, carrying numbers of people or hundreds of thousands or multitudes on his, on, on, on his decks. He could have been a wonderful ship, but he, he was shipwrecked. A piece. A broken piece. But one got on him. Some on broken pieces. I have to say this this morning. I have to think of Sandy Taylor who walked the streets of this city as a prostitute. She's sitting in this room this morning. Who walked the streets of this city as a prostitute for many years. But she came to First Baptist Church of Hammond and found a God that will forgive every sin. She trusted the Savior. She's a broken piece. I could have wished I could have wished that Sandy Taylor were on Mabel Boardway, stayed clean and pure. I could have wished that. 
And by the way, you should have had a Owen Carrico and Mrs. Carrico. You probably would have been a Maple Board way. But she wasn't as fortunate as we've been. She'd had a coastal house as her mother. She'd still been a ship. But thank God today, though the ship is broken, and she's only a piece of the ship, thank God, folks are finding their way to shore on the broken piece. Some on broken pieces. Looked out this morning and was scanning your faces. I thought of Adrian Erickson. Pastor's wife out west. One day this young pastor to whom she was married ran off with a 14-year-old girl in his church. And there was Adrian with two little girls. Called me on the phone and said, Brother House, what can I do? Her ship was sailing magnificently. Pastor's wife, going church. Now all of a sudden it crashes against the rocks of providence. She says, what can I do? I said, come back here. We'll take care of you. Oh, I think of the song. Dear Lord, take up the tangled strands that we have wrought in vain, that by the skill of thy dear hands some beauty may remain. Adrian came back as a broken piece. Now that broken piece, no, no, never, never a, a ship that's never been broken. But that broken piece is on the staff of First Baptist Church in Hammond today. Married one of our worst men here in the church now. I think of Kim Poole. Husband left her. I think three little children. How's she going to make it? We just put some more water in the soup. Got another bowl. Kept her going. Now she's one of the most important people on the staff of First Baptist Church in heaven. We have some ships on our staff. We have some Keith McKinney's whose ship has never been dashed against the shore of the rocks of the sea. We have some Royal Moffat too for was a teenager when I came here who kept on going for God. And these young men over here, almost all of them, their ships sailing on the sea have hundreds and sometimes thousands on their decks and aboard the ship. We're not going to waste anything. Some got to shore because they could swim. And others on other ships got to shore on beautiful ships. But some on broken pieces. I think of those little ladies. I think two or three of them who came from Florida to our church. In every case, they're rearing their families alone. They had little children. They knew of me and knew of this church. They wanted to get their families to grow up in First Baptist Church of Hammond. I want to say this. I tell people all across the country, they say to me, Brother House, we live 150 miles from the nearest fundamental church. What can we do? I say move. Move. Well, this is where we work. Quit your job. I think of those families, those ladies that came from Florida, young children, no husbands to help them rear their families. The ship that was sailing smoothly, it seemed, all of a sudden has lost its course and dashed itself against a, against a rock in the sea. And they get themselves jobs, and their mothers and fathers both. Some 
on broken pieces. Let me tell you two sad things. One sad thing is this. Sometimes a broken piece is not willing to serve God. Because if I can't be a ship, I don't want to be anything. That's one of the most dangerous things you'll ever do. You're not willing just to be a broken piece. You've seen better days. And you're too proud to be a broken piece. Well, if you're a broken piece, that's all you are. It's all you can be. Then let somebody get on board and take somebody to shore. Some on broken pieces. And then another sad thing is some broken pieces, we won't let them do anything. One of the great criticisms I get across America is that I use broken pieces. I won't forsake broken pieces. I won't hate broken pieces. Bless God, God's interested in putting back together the broken pieces. There are three groups of people here today. The one good, solid ships sailing on the three seas. Stay that way. There's some of you right now I'm worried sick about. Worried sick about. You're headed towards a rock. I see it coming. Don't do that. Avoid the shipwreck. Listen to the preacher. Listen to those that love you. There's a second group here this morning. The broken pieces that are being used. All over this building. Some on broken pieces. After a while, folks will walk down the aisle receiving Christ. Some won to Christ by beautiful seafaring ships. But many of the folks that walked out in a few minutes will come on broken pieces. The third group, broken pieces, not willing to be just a broken piece. There's that ship that's not yet had a wreck. There's that broken piece that's being used. And then there's that broken piece that's not willing to be used because it can no longer be a ship. I don't want to use this illustration, but I think I must. Thirty-two years ago today, a little five-year-old boy helped us unload or load the car. Thirty-two years ago this week, that little thirty-two-year-old boy helped us unpack at the same house where we live today. That little five-year-old boy became the outstanding young preacher in America. Did more in ten years of a young life than most people do in a lifetime. But the ship had a rock and another and another. And all he had left was a broken piece. But he wasn't willing just to be a broken piece. Somehow he thought he could be a preacher again. Somehow he thought he ought to be a ship again. No, once the wreck is, 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 is been, uh, once you've had the shipwreck, you, you'd never be a ship like that again. Because of that, if he couldn't be a ship again, he just wouldn't be used. I told him, I said, Doc, get yourself a bus route. What's a man going to do with a bus route? Who's pastored this big church? Who's preached to thousands across the country? That was a little bit beneath him, I think. He was not willing to be a broken piece.
thanks to David Gibbs. I think this morning, for the first time in years, our son has become willing to be a broken piece. I think God's going to use him. I could, I'm not going to lay my salvation on him, but I really honest to goodness believe that God's going to use him. Oh, he won't be a ship again. He won't sail the seas again and conduct nationwide youth conferences. And no longer do I have any hopes that he'll someday stand behind this pulpit when I'm gone. That's all gone. But I see some signs that finally he's being willing to be a broken piece. And my enemies can make the best of this, they won't be. Whatever he brings, just one to shore. His dad will be just as proud of him as he would have if the ship had never wrecked. I beg you this morning, like I begged you for 32 years, avoid the rocks and the sea. You say, how can I know to avoid it? Has somebody already gone ahead to chart the course? Follow the course that's charted for you. And then I say, as I've said for 32 years, if your ship has been broken by the rocks and the storms of the sea. And all you are is a broken piece. Some come in beautiful ships and some swim to shore. But thank God, some can come on broken pieces. Oh, Dr. Rice used to say it. I loved it. Dr. Rice used to say, if you ever hear that John Rice has gone down to a tavern and gotten drunk, or run off and gone off with a whore somewhere, oh, Dr. Rice used to say, I'll never be a preacher again in a church or an evangelist or editor of the sword of the Lord. But he said, you'll find me in a few weeks on a street corner passing out tracks. Preaching on the street corner. What was he saying? He was saying, God, don't ever let me be a shipwreck. But if I'm ever just a broken piece, use me. Use me. Would you bow your heads?